Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is March 10th, Thursday, 2022. And on today's show, we've got great news. The MLB lockout is over. Baseball will return, and we will get a full 162-game slate. How this come together? I'll give my thoughts on it uh, and much more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome into the Locked On Nationals podcast. If you are new, make sure you guys subscribe to us here on YouTube and also make sure you guys find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. We're available in all of those places. If I look like I'm sinking while I'm sitting here, my chair is is starting to give way. So I'm sliding down as I, as I go, hopefully not too much during the show, but find us in all of those places uh, and we're trying to grow the YouTube channel now, especially that we've got news that the lockout is over. We're going to be answering the 10 biggest questions facing the Washington Nationals in this coming season. So there's so much to get excited about right now. And obviously the big news is this, and this is the latest from Jeff Passan. The owners have agreed to ratify a new collective bargaining agreement, ending the league's 99-day lockout. Uh, and also will salvage a 162-game season. Rob Manfred said, quote, I am genuinely thrilled to say that Major League Baseball is back and we're going to play 162 games. Commissioner Rob Manfred said, he said, quote, I want to start by apologizing to our fans. I know the last few months have been difficult, end quote. Um, this is the second longest work stoppage in the history of baseball. So that's just a pretty crazy thing to think, 99 days and it felt like we felt every single 99. I know all the baseball fans out there did. Uh, luckily, you know, for some of you, and I got to do it too, I, I, college baseball is a realm that I have dabbled in since my time at the University of Missouri. I called a bunch of games there. Now very lucky to get to call University of Richmond baseball on ESPN+. And I was on the broadcast today of Richmond and Holy Cross, fun 12-inning game, had a walk-off fielder's choice when this news broke. And, uh, you know, in the press box are about five or six of us. And all of us kind of, you know, let out, a, it wasn't a cheer, it was more of a collective sigh, uh, you know, or, you know, sigh of relief. And there, there was some happiness there, but, um, you know, just glad that it's over. And these work stoppages can be pretty nasty. We still need to go through the details. It's important. It matters. These things, you know, uh, this labor stuff is important to our game and to the future players. And that stuff is important that the owners just don't run rough shot over them, which happens a lot of the times in collective bargaining, especially in sport and in a lot of industries too, not just sports, but sports, because it's such a powerful entertainment entity. Uh, the owners usually have a lot of, of control and uh, influence, uh, you know, on, on what's happening. But camps will begin on Sunday, so that's the number one thing I want to start with. This is, you know, you think about the camp starting on Sunday. The season it's going to get going. I believe it's the second week, so that, that's where. This is going to get get things going, but I'll read more of this here. Um, so free agent signings can begin Thursday night and baseball will attempt to return to some semblance of normalcy 
uh, after months of fraught negotiations. The deal, the deal materialized after talks ratcheted up this week when the league made a proposal that bridged a significant gap in the competitive balance tax. That is uh, essentially the luxury tax threshold, a key issue in the end stage of talks. A dispute over an international draft threatened negotiations and caused the league to remove from the schedule another two series Wednesday. But those issues were resolved on Thursday morning, and the league delivered a full proposal to the union, which it voted to accept. The final vote by MLBPA's eight members of the executive committee and 30 player reps was 26 to 12 in favor of the agreement. So there was some dissension there across that group about uh, this deal. Um, So that's important to note there. There was not uh, unanimity uh, amongst them on this. The basic agreement governs almost all aspects of the game. But baseball's core economics were front and center in the labor talks. In addition to the new CBT, which increases from 230 to 244 million uh, over the five-year deal, the minimum salary governing players with less than three years of major league service will jump from 570.5 to 700,000 and grow to 780,000 with a bonus pool worth 50 million. Will uh, that will be distributed amongst those players who have yet to reach salary arbitration. So what does that stuff mean? If you guys are a little bit confused on it, Lindsey Crosby and I talked about it. Hopefully I'll have him on the show once again, and we can go even deeper on this stuff now that we have the answers. But first on the CBT. So usually what happens in basketball and in football and in NHL, I believe too, is that when they set so the luxury tax number, the, the salary cap number, if you will, is tied to revenue. So you will see the um, salary cap jump and it's not, it's not a hard, well, basketball doesn't end up having a hard cap, but you'll see the cap number jump uh, from year to year based off of revenues. So the players, what they had to do was they had to set the salary cap uh, and basically try to assume or guess what revenues were going to be because you don't know what revenues are going to be. You don't know what new streams of revenue, like the Apple TV Plus deal, that might come in. And you're really not, uh, the salaries aren't tied to revenue. So you have to make sure that you're getting your fair share. Now, they did bump that. Uh, so 230 is a good point. I know they wanted a bit higher than 244, but still, you know, jumping, having the salary cap jump $14 million over five years is not a horrible place to be. Um, you know, you're going to be under $3 million a year on each jump, but. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in this, in this kind of amount of time, but that is a increase. Um, and it's more than the, than the owners wanted to give, and they certainly could have given more, but they did not. So they had to guess and ballpark it. And I think they wanted what something in the two sixties was the last thing they wanted. So they, they didn't get close to that, but they got it mid two forties. I, I will say they did a great job with the minimum salary. Think about this, the minimum salary, um, the minimum salary of players at the the major league level for the guys who are making that that low amount, and I, I think it was Lindsay who told me the other day that it's 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 you know around half of the players in the league are making that minimum. That number will go from five hundred and seventy thousand to seven hundred thousand and grow to seven hundred eighty thousand. That is a tremendous jump. That's a tremendous jump of the amount of money. I mean, it's still in the six figure range, but over a hundred, basically a hundred and thirty thousand dollar jump and the potential to grow and keep growing towards 800,000. Also that bonus pool for those players uh, who have not yet reached arbitration, but do accomplish things that's going to be there as well available. Um, you know, for the that $50 million pool uh, is going to be huge for them too. 
So those are the key financial factors that we've hit on. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss the other things that are in this deal, like playoff expansion. First, let's get a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You guys can go to Built.com today. That's Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off at Built.com. They've got plenty of delicious Built Bars available. They've got white chocolate cookies and cream. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. All of those flavors are available now. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, which is much better for you than a candy bar, which contains a lot more than that. 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Once again, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, at Built.com today. All right, so what else do we have here in this CBA? Well, MLB pushed for expanding the postseason to 12 teams, a plan which the MLBPA agreed upon. Additionally, player uniforms will feature advertising for the first time with patches on the jerseys and decals on batting helmets. All right, so I'll start there. I wanted to make sure that if they got that, you know, that, that, that decal, they should have asked for part of that money to feed one of those pools. Now, I'm actually sure this is definitely something they, they had talked about, but this was a situation, I think, where you could have directly tied revenues to one of those things that you wanted to feed. So either salary cap, uh, right, that, that salary cap, or player minimum salaries, or the bonus pool. And I'm sure they are tying those things together. So they're going to get those decals, get the 12-team playoff. What else do we get? The 45-day window for MLB to implement rule changes, among them a pitch clock, ban on shifts, and larger bases in the 23, uh, 2023 season. So um, there's a 45 window for MLB to, to adopt those changes. We'll see if they do. We'll see what happens there. National League is adopting the designated hitter, a draft lottery implemented with the intent of discouraging tanking, draft pick inducements to discourage service time manipulation, limiting the number of times a player can be optioned to the minor leagues in one season. So those things are all very important. Let's start with the 45-day window first. You're going to have a chance to implement rules, pitch clock, ban on shifts, larger bases. I don't really have an opinion about the larger bases. Um, the shifts I've talked about at length, I'm fine with. The pitch clock, I'm okay with too, as long as they pick a length that's comfortable for the players and then continuously potentially kind of move it down. I think going with this, you know, uh, kind of getting that pitch clock and, and doing it progressively is the best way to go about getting that thing implemented is by slowly getting the players more accustomed to a pitch clock. Now, the one thing I will say is from covering a lot of college baseball, especially at the SEC level, they have that clock posted in the outfield. The players do get accustomed to it pretty quickly. They do get used to it. There is a acclimation period, but by the time that I was a senior in college, they were all fine, ready to go, and, and did pretty good job for the most part with that pitch clock. So it did not really become much of an issue. And I, I think, you know, just naturally it might help speed up games, but, you know, the playoff games is the one place where I'm not so sure that we needed 110%. But if the guys internalize the pitch clock, then they should be good to go. They should, they, you know, they'll, they'll internalize in the regular season. But I, I will say there is a certain factor of drama that builds in the postseason that you do get from the long holds. And the games are too long there, but still, I would hate for any of that drama to be kind of sucked out of it because they're trying to move too fast, even though I do think games are too long. So 
kind of a hypocrite with both those ways, but you, yeah, I see what I'm saying. The DH, we always knew we were going to get this. Um, there are still people that, that just want to see it both both ways. They or they want to see it in uh, the DH in the American League and not in the National League. I don't understand how. I don't understand why. Like this is one baseball league. The rules should be the same. We should have a designated hitter, and it gives more opportunities to players, allows guys to play longer, and we don't have to watch pitchers do something that they're not paid to do. They're paid to pitch. They're not paid to hit. We we have guys. Yeah, we had a guy yesterday, uh, Alden Mathis. Richmond, who's a really good player, eight innings, 10 Ks, went two for three. But a lot of the guys who pitch, especially the guys who are on their way to the big leagues, they do not, do not, they stop hitting. They stop hitting at a certain point. Asking half of those guys who end up on National League teams to hit is ridiculous to me. We had moments like Max Scherzer breaking his nose. It made for a cool story, but it was not something to me that made for an optimal watching uh, you know, experience or made the game any better. So I'm glad we're doing that. Draft pick inducements to discourage service time manipulation. I'm all over this too, right? We, we can have teams, you know, Chris Bryant was a good example. Cannot, we cannot have teams suppressing good talent. You guys, we, we all should want to see the best players play all the time. If you're suppressing a guy's service time so you can pay certain players less than they're – because what you're trying to do is you're trying to pay guys less than they're actually worth, right? You're afraid – you don't want to hit free agency sooner. You want to hold on to them longer. That should not be how it works. We should encourage the best players to get moved up um, as soon as possible. Uh, and also tied to this, limiting the number of times a player can be optioned to the minor, to the minor leagues in a season – you know, also trying to go along with the service time manipulation thing, right? Making sure you can't just keep sending a guy up and down, up and down. We don't want to see that either. And I think the players, you know, it makes their lives harder. I think we think about this all the time. The life of a big league player going up and down is just kind of unfair. And it's better off the less that that happens. A draft lottery implemented with the intent of discouraging tanking. Um, I like the way the NBA does theirs. You know, I think there's ways to make it more fun. I think the end of the year tournament deal where you – have those teams together and basically they play for a number one pick. I think that's pretty interesting, right? Then you actually have to try and win to get that number one pick. I think that's a, a fun wrinkle potentially that they could try out. But I mean, there's so many teams out there that suck on purpose and we just hand them picks after they hand their players away to other teams. Sometimes wink, wink pirates. We don't want that to happen in our game anymore. So it's good that they're implementing things like this. All right. One more quick break from our sponsors. And we'll go through the rest of what Jeff Passan had to say and look ahead to the Nationals schedule or, you know, how things will work out. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. The NCAA tournament is here. The conference tournament week right now. And the latest odds, contests, players, props, all those things, Bet Online is the number one source for all of your sports action needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, news this season. Not just basketball, though. They've got baseball odds here. They've got UFC. They've got boxing. They've got Formula One. They've got NASCAR. All of those things are available at Bet Online and BetOnline.net. So head over today, Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, so uh, a couple more notes here as we uh, go through this. These, uh, you know, augmentations that that we're hearing um, right now. I will say it's funny that Major League Baseball said we're canceling more games, we're canceling more games, and ultimately they could make up these, they could play these games anyway. They fully intended on playing these, or well, 
they fully intended on, you know, being able to actually make the games up, make the games happen. They just did it as a way to make the players look bad to say, oh, they've decided to get rid of the games. We have to cancel. It didn't kind of backfire because in the end now, we know that they definitely could have played these games. So uh, I think that's something that's that's pretty interesting with all of this right now. And the other thing we got to talk about is free agency. Free agency is open for business. Big names like Correa, Freeman, Trevor Story, Kershaw, Chris Bryant, uh, you know, uh, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, uh, you know, those guys might be traded. All this stuff, you know, is not going or is going to happen here pretty soon. Like we're going to see all of these things develop. And also we've got a, you know, got to think about the schedule is going to happen, right? You know, we got to make sure we watch out for player health, but also we can begin to get excited, right? When is Major League Baseball coming back? Well, for the Nationals, it's going to be in April. We're finally going to see the Nationals back at Nationals Park. We'll have their traditional opening of the season against the uh, New York Mets. Their first game is going to be at 7.05 on April 7th. They're going to make up these games throughout the year with by playing doubleheaders, the ones that they, you know, quote-unquote canceled. Um, but that first series against the New York Mets looks like it is a go. It's a four-game series for the Nationals and the Mets that's going to open up at Nats Park the weekend of April 7th through Sunday the 10th. So you can get excited. You can you know get your tickets. You can get ready to go. Baseball is coming back. Ultimately, we just have to be glad they reached an agreement. Yes, there will be a lot of thoughts about negotiations when they started, uh, lessons to be learned next time around, all of those things. But I think for now, the, you know, the right, just the sentiment is we're going to get baseball back. Um, we should be cognizant of what happened this time, like I said, but it's okay just to have that general sentiment that, hey, baseball is back. I am excited. You should be excited. We all should be excited. Now, the Nationals have a really interesting, potentially odd, fun to cover, potentially season coming up here, right? So much for them to do. I think that, you know now that we've got a deal done, got to turn our attention to Mr. Juan Soto, right, and talk about his future. Uh, with the Nationals and what that looks like and how the Nationals can get a deal done to get Juan Soto, excuse me, staying in D.C. Who will be with him, right? Who are going to be the guys, who will be you know, his Robin, uh, to, to his Batman? Who will be the other ancillary guys that they bring around him, other stars they could potentially bring in? Who will be the guys right now on this team that can help them make an impact down the line? Will Lane Thomas and Riley Adams, uh, you know, they, those guys work out? Will K-Bear Ruiz be the guy they traded for? How about Josiah Gray? And then also on the end of the older guys, will Steven Strasburg come back to form? Will we even see him? Can Joe Ross bounce back? What about Patrick Corbin, his quality of play? So many questions for a Nationals team that might not be that good this year, but obviously they want a World Series and they're trying to retool. And that's, you know, that's the ultimate goal. There's no trying to reach the playoffs, right? This team has tasted success, but the number of guys who tasted success has begun to taper. But the fans, they don't forget. And that should be the goal. And you got a player like Juan Soto who's the center of it all. That's what you should aim to do. So the Nationals now take aim at that. Our podcast will take aim at answering those questions as well. Rejoice, rejoice. Baseball is coming back. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast. You can also find it on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys subscribe and uh, also give a thumbs up and give us your comments as well. All right, that's it. We got baseball. It's coming back. So until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.